KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Hey, I'm Alan Liliental, and you're listening to Port of Entry. We're back with another quick Border Voices episode. We came across the story you're about to hear while putting together our recent series on cross-border love stories. It's about the kind of love that can push you to drop everything and completely change your life. Okay, so six years ago, Dania Gresham left behind her life as a real estate broker in Las Vegas and started a new life here at the border. It's quiet right now. We're on the east side of Tijuana. We asked Dania to record an audio diary for us to sort of show us what a typical day is like for her. So it is about, I don't know, if I'm rushing, like maybe a minute walk <laughs> from my apartment to the Casogar and through this neighborhood that I have grown to, yeah, love, I guess. <laughs> These days, Dania's life revolves around the Casa Hogar she and her friends started back in 2015. It's essentially a group home for kids, an orphanage. ¿Qué quieres? Cereal. Okay. ¿Qué tipo de cereal? Chocolate. Chocolate. Okay. The Casa Hogar Dania helps run houses up to 25 kids. Right now, 12 kids call it home, including this little guy you hear jumping on a trampoline outside the orphanage. It's Dania. It is now 7.31. I am just going into the house. There shouldn't be any kids up quite yet. Until recently, Dania lived at the orphanage in Tijuana with the kids. But over the holidays, she finally raised enough money from friends, family, and supporters to pay for a small apartment just a few blocks away. So now she walks to work. The day Dania recorded her audio diary, she had the early shift. So right now it's super quiet here. Uh, Maria is up. Maria and her sister Rosa are usually the first ones up. They have to take medicine uh, at 8 o'clock. So let's see what's going on in the house. So, nope, I didn't think so. Nobody's up yet. So we're going to take a few minutes and get situated get the girls their medicine, and then we'll start waking kids up. After the kids get up, they make their beds and do some other cleaning and chores. Except Sammy. Sammy's not cleaning. Ya vimos dale Santa Cruz y dale, y dale los zombies, ¿verdad? Oh, Santa Claus brought the zombies? Sí. Okay. Esa ya la vimos. Oh, okay. Cuando le traen regalos a todos los niños. So, Sammy's not cleaning. Sammy's playing right now with me at the table. <laughs> so. so, I'm in charge of breakfast and getting the girls up today. And so, because I'm in charge of breakfast, we're having cold cereal. So, that's what I'm about to do. I'm about to make some powdered milk up so it doesn't taste like powdered milk. And they're going to eat sucaritas, eat Chuckle Krispies, and 
that's going to be breakfast today because Michelle is in charge of the wonderful home cooked meals and I'm in charge of the <laughs> cold cereal. After breakfast, Dania often does paperwork. Then she takes the kids to their psychiatry and therapy appointments. She'll help clean, cook, and as often as she can, she'll sit down to play with kids like Sammy. The day Dania recorded was actually supposed to be one of her days off. So she was set to leave early, but that didn't happen. So I'm leaving the house right now because I was only supposed to be here until one. But not that that was a pipe dream, <laughs> but one of our girls, um, you know, she had, their, we call them wedding chase, and they're stronger than a temper tantrum. They're up along the lines of a fit, kind of along that line. So um, I am going to go home now, though, and uh, try to relax a little bit before I have a meeting at 2 with a church um, about somehow partnering with us or being involved with us somehow. So we have a Zoom meeting. So my days are not that exciting, but that's what today is, and then I'll be back tomorrow morning. Orphanages in Mexico get very little government support, so it's up to people like Dania to raise money to keep them going, mostly through building relationships with churches in the U.S. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, imagine just constantly having to ask people to pitch in every single day. So, it's hard. It's hard. Dania and the other folks who help run the Casa Hogar, they have all these little lives depending on them. Not only to house, feed, and educate them, but to love them too. The love is that these kids, they don't have anybody that's going to stand up for them except us. So how exactly did Dania end up here, in Tijuana, taking care of these kids? We'll trace her path after a quick break. Hello, podcast listener. Full disclosure, I'm going to make some assumptions about you. This probably isn't the only podcast you enjoy. Blink if I'm right. <laughs> it's probably not the only thing you watch or listen to on KPBS either. If I'm right about that, then I'm guessing you make it a point to check in on a regular basis to see what's new, take in the latest and greatest, and then you go back to your daily life until we happily come together again. We're sort of like a virtual buffet. When you're hungry for information and entertainment, 
You go to KPBS and want to eat, uh, consume all you can, right? Well, you should know that when you become a member of KPBS, you're keeping the entire TV, radio, and online trays full of fresh ideas, like the tasty podcast you're enjoying right now. Help feed your appetite for KPBS. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. Thank you. Hey, Alan here, host of Port of Entry. And if you follow the news, you know there is a surge of migrants and unaccompanied minors seeking asylum right now along the U.S.-Mexico border. As a podcast focused on the border, we are absolutely following this story. For the latest breaking border news, follow the KPBS Newsroom's coverage at kpbs.org border. And if you have unanswered questions about what's happening at our border, please text or leave a voicemail at 619-452-0228. Thank you. Danny Gresham says it was a church trip decades ago that first started her on a path to Mexico. I went on a mission trip when I was in high school down to San Quentin to like the farm area down here. And I don't know, there was just something about like uh, something stuck with me, you know. Dania says she knew she'd be back someday. She says it just felt like something she was supposed to do. She sort of interpreted the feeling as a sign from God. But then life took an unexpected turn. My daughter was born uh, with this with cerebral palsy and I was just really angry. I was like, dude, I just spent all my life going to church and teaching Sunday school, doing all these really great things. And then my daughter's gonna be born and you can't even keep her breathing for five minutes so that she doesn't have any problems. Um, so I spent like the next 19 years just not like there's no God, but just like, you know what, I don't even need you. If you're not even going to help me do this, I don't even need you. And then like every bad thing that happened was just like, oh, well, great. You can't even fix that. You can't even do that. Thank you so much for not even doing that. Dania lost her connection to God. And that connection she had felt with Mexico, it disappeared too. Her anger towards God stuck with her for years. Meanwhile, she had another kid, a baby boy. She got married and divorced twice and became a successful real estate broker in Vegas. But she says she couldn't escape this huge void she felt in her life. For years, she tried to fill that void with things that just kept leaving her feeling empty. I was partying, like I was drinking, I was doing a bunch of stupid stuff. As someone who was raised religious, Dania eventually realized what she was really missing was her relationship to God. And one day, years later, kinda out of nowhere, that relationship was reignited. It was like all of a sudden God was like, you're done. I need you to be done with this temper tantrum that you're having because I have stuff for you to do. Um, and I've given you your, sp- like, like this whole thing, like sometimes you hear about people talking like, and that's when the journey started to not be mad. No, I was just done. I was just done being mad. And I went back to church and I started working with kids and I started kind of learning just about like more of the relationship part of it. Like my idea of God was wrong and that was affecting how I, how I dealt with him, what I did and everything. 
Dania says she came to understand that serving God wasn't about earning rewards. Like, if I do everything right, God will give me a good life. Instead, she settled more into a role of doing things, good things, because that's what God would do. And that void of hers, it started filling up, especially when she shifted her focus back to doing some good in Mexico. Dania and her friend Michelle Wilson started traveling to Tijuana to volunteer at some of the orphanages here. So we got together and we started coming down working with another orphanage down here. And we just saw it and we're like, there's got to be a better way to do this. Michelle and Dania found themselves wanting to see the kids get more than just their basic needs met. They're doing good things, but the, the measure of success is off, I think. Success for us is the kids get holistically healthy, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and, and that's our mark of success. It seems sometimes that the mark of success is just to keep them alive. Before too long, Dania says she realized that instead of just hoping for the change she wanted to see in the orphanages, she needed to be the change. So one day, back in 2014, Dania pitched the idea of moving to Mexico and opening up an orphanage to her friend Michelle. And she's like, I ain't moving to Mexico. I will totally support you. Um. But Dania just would not give up. And we sat down at a restaurant one day in Vegas and I kind of drew out this vision that I had of what the property could look like and how it would look. And I, I wrote the name across the top, the refuge, and I turned it around and she's like, ah, oh, crap, we're all moving to Mexico, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I think we are. And we did. So by 2015, Michelle and Dania made their move to Mexico. They found a large house with lots of rooms for rent near the Otay Port of Entry in Tijuana navigated the licensing and permitting system for opening up a group home for kids, and then, through a mix of government placements and parents relinquishing their custody, they took in their first few kids. The two pretty quickly figured out that it took about $5,000 a month to keep their new Casa Hogar running. And at first, it was a real struggle. There have been months in the past where we get down to, like, the last minute and I'm like, dude, you guys, I gotta pay the power bill. I don't know how we're gonna pay it. But they kept at it. And Dania says somehow, some way, they're always able to keep the lights on. It's always, there's always, always, always been enough. We've never not been able to pay bills. We've never not been able to buy food. Does that mean we have like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in the bank? No, we don't. We generally have just as much as we need, but there is always enough. And sometimes there's some extra. Dania didn't just leave behind a job so she could give kids in Tijuana the love she knew they deserved. She also had to leave behind her disabled daughter. Both her kids were grown by the time she left for Mexico, so she made the decision to put her daughter in a group home. It's a decision she doesn't regret at all. Dania says her daughter actually wanted to get out on her own. Her daughter was happy. But in 2017, Dania's daughter caught pneumonia. 
her heart just couldn't take it. And she passed away. It was tough. It was a little bit of a tough thing. Yeah. Has having relationships with all these kids over the years, has, has that uh, relieved some of the pain in your heart from the death having your daughter pass away? I think had my daughter died five years ago before we were down here, it would have been horribly devastating. But this way, it still is painful, but it's not, hasn't taken me out of the game. Dania says she doesn't have the bandwidth to go look for romantic love at this point in her life. But she says it's fine, because for now, she gets most everything she needs from taking care of these kids. And that void that she felt in the past, Dania says it's finally been totally filled. She says there's nothing better than seeing the kids thrive. So we had this boy. We asked him what he wanted to be when he grew up. And his big desire when he first came here was he wanted to collect metal cans from the road. That's what he wanted to do when he grew up because that's what he had seen his dad do. And so he thought that that must be a perfectly acceptable thing to do. He actually lived with us for a number of years And by the time he was done here, he wanted to be, depending on what day you asked him, he wanted to be an architect or an astronaut, one of the two. Like, he had realized that there was things outside of where he grew up that were possible to do. And that's really the the coolest thing. connect with Dania, check out buildtherefuge.com or go to facebook.com slash therefugetj. Right now, Dania is busy raising money and gathering supplies for a quinceañera celebration for one of the girls in the orphanage. Port of Entry is written and produced by Kinsey Moreland. Emily Jankowski is the co-producer and director of sound design. Elisa Barba edited this episode. Lisa Morissette is operations manager, and John Decker is associate general manager of content. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. I'm Alan Lilienthal. Thanks for listening. <laughs>